Welcome to the most listened to golf in the world, the Fairways of Life show, on air, online, and around the world. With the most candid interviews, unforgettable stories, taking you beyond the ropes. Here's your host, New York Times best-selling author and Golf Channel's Matt Adams. What is going on, folks? Welcome to the program this Wednesday. Hope everybody's doing well. Arnold Palmer Invitational Week, getting psyched for it. You know, I'm just looking at the tee times, just randomly looking at tee times, and I go all the way to the bottom list, meaning the first tee times off uh, tomorrow, 7, 10 a.m., and this speaks to the quality of the field when you've got an invitation like this. These are the first souls teeing off tomorrow. Keegan Bradley, Matt Wallace, Trey Mullinex, Brendan Steele, Nick Watney, and Aaron Rye. If, if you were there at the crack of dawn to see the first people off, how about that for the first group that would go off in the morning? Uh, Tom, in fact, I'm, I'm gonna, as I'm going through this, I'm going to ask you for a second just to pick out a couple of groups that you find compelling. This one's compelling to me. 7.21 a.m. off the 10th, Scott Stallings, Cameron Tringali, and Matt Fitzpatrick. Right. And again, this is the early morning stuff uh, off number one, just because I'm on here. I'll give you that this as well. Charles Schwartz with Sean O'Hara and Doug Gim off number one. Then at 732, I've always think one of the things I've always loved about the Arnold Palmer invitation. I've been going to it for nearly 30 years now is the way you could set up either in a grandstand or unfold a chair someplace under a tree. And just sit and watch great group after great group come through. Again, I'm, I'm just going from the first tee time up right now. Here's 7.32 a.m. off the 10th if you guys are going over there tomorrow. Lee Westwood, Denny McCarthy, Thomas Peters. That early in the morning and that good. Off number one, Jonathan Bird, Cameron Young, Taylor Pendrith. At the same time, well, let me just keep cruising here. See, I see Gary Woodland, 7.43 a.m. for Gary. So do you guys like to go early or do you like to go late when you go to a, a tournament? I, I pretty much, it doesn't really matter to me on the time except for this one. For some reason, I have fun going on a Friday afternoon and sitting in the grandstand behind 18 Green and watch people coming through, namely because you've got players, especially when they're close to the cut line, and so they get aggressive at 18. You know, Bay Hill, it's got that big shaped green. It, it kind of looks like a lima bean. And you've got the rocks. They look like lava rocks. I don't know what kind of rocks they are, but it looks like lava rocks that, that circle in front. And then you've got that big pond there. And depending on where they put the flag, it's, it's a very challenging shot. So you see players that are trying to get it close because maybe they need a birdie to, to get inside the cut. And some make it. Some end up in the bunker behind it. Some end up hitting the rocks, and, and for, for whatever reason, you don't see too many that just splash it in the water. They usually hit those rocks, and then it's what's going to happen from there. It bounces up in the air. Sometimes it goes in the green. Sometimes it goes in the pond. What have you, 7.54 a.m. off number 10. Graham McDowell, Justin Rose, and Zach Johnson. I, I mean, are you kidding me? And I'm just randomly picking tee times here. Three major champions, and in the case of Zach Johnson, you're talking about the captain of the United States Ryder Cup team. I'm sure Justin Rose is, is going to be a captain at some point. I don't know where he is in their queue. I know he was pretty upset not making the team uh, last time around. He didn't get a captain's pick by Padre. Uh, Graham McDowell is in that group too, and his name has been floated as a possible captain for the European side. Uh, 8.05 a.m., 
Uh, Taylor Gooch, Siwoo Kim, and Kevin Tway off number one. Luke List, Hideki Matsuyama, and Max Homa off number 10. I mean, I could keep going like this. It, this is 8-16. You ready for this? Will Zalatoris, Sun J.M., and Scotty Scheffler. That's, that's at 8-16 a.m. Scotty Scheffler addressed the press yesterday. He was asked about a lot of different stuff. I love some of these questions that he, that he answered. It said, Do you ha- did you have a plan for after you had your first win to go out and buy something special for yourself, maybe a car, something, you know, special gift for his wife, anything like that? He was asked about his mental progression, given that he was chasing his first win, and you're, you're dealing with being close a lot. And again, it's just the same conversation we have. Do you measure it against how close you are or do you measure it by the fact that you weren't able to get it done? And in his case, that's a yet. Uh, what his strategy was in the sixth hole for a guy that was not attempting to drive the green. And during your practice rounds, have you ever attempted those Tiger putts at 18 that you mentioned that you remember watching? That's, of course, where Tiger at the 18th green they're talking about at Bay Hill, where it seemed like if there was a putt that Tiger needed to make in order to win, which he did eight times, he always seemed to make it. It was a really cool and special relationship between Tiger Woods and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Here's Scotty Scheffler addressing the press. Um, not quite. <laughs> um, for me, winning is such a such a great feeling. It was so fun for me and my wife. Like the you know the money earned never really came into our head. It was just um, you know just being out here and competing and being able to you know actually win a tournament is is pretty joyful and so for us we didn't really do anything special we had you know our family and friends come over a couple nights last week but other than that um, not too much I mean I think being close to winning and not winning is extremely frustrating Um, and you know there's really only a couple tournaments where I felt like I really should have won the golf tournament and um, really the ones I can remember off the top of my head is really just Houston and Austin those two are golf tournaments where I really felt like I should have won the tournament and didn't. And so those were extremely frustrating. I mean, I come out here to play and compete, and winning is a lot more fun than finishing second. So having those couple of close calls is, is definitely frustrating. And um, it doesn't take me very long to kind of get over things, though. Um, for me, it's just I kind of live week to week. And, um, you know, those things are frustrating. They may motivate you a little bit, but... Overall, I just like competing, and I like trying to come out here and win. And so for me, that's that's motivation enough. Um, I just try and get in the fairway. Um, for me, I have a tee shot that I usually hit on that hole. And, you know, I actually haven't played that nine yet this year. So um, I, I know what I did in uh, I know what I did two years ago, and I'm assuming that's going to work this week as well. And so for me, just trying to be aggressive and get that ball in play, and um, if not, get it back in play as quickly as possible. Yeah, well, I mean, the... Uh, as far as I can remember, the pin is usually always way over there on the right side on Sunday. So we're always practicing that pin just because, first of all, it's a really difficult pin on that green. And so where Tiger was hitting it is kind of exactly where you want to try and put your ball. And so, of course, yeah, we've, we've definitely, you know, we practiced those putts a couple hours ago. How did you do? We did all right. All right. <laughs> Easy to like uh, Scotty Scheffler, isn't it? He has that it factor that seems to connect. And you, you already know about the popularity that he has amongst fellow players. So I'd ask Dom about picking a group, but Dom, I know maybe you have the info. I think you do on the feature groups already. I'm looking at one, 8.27 a.m. tomorrow morning off the 10th. So I mean about the strength of this field, how much fun it is. Sepp Straka, Rory McIlroy, and Adam Scott. What do you have, Dom? Do you have, do you have uh, feature groups? Do you have the feature holes by any chance too? 
I do. I have all that information. So remember that the PGA away. Tour Live is now part of ESPN Plus's coverage. And as Matt mentioned, um, it's on four different feeds. So you've got a main feed, which is similar to sort of general live coverage. You have a marquee group feed. You have a featured group feed. And you have a uh, featured hole feed. So these are the groups that they're going to be featuring as part of the marquee group and the, and the featured groups. Yeah, and again, you already went over a lot of this, man. A lot of these groups. I mean, obviously, it's a, a stacked field. Always is at the Arnold Palmer. Hideki Matsuyama, Luke List, Max Homa, Scotty Scheffler, Sunjay M, Will Zalatoris, Adam Scott. You just mentioned Adam Scott, Roy McIlroy, Sepp Straka, Billy Horschel, Tom Hoagie, Victor Hovland, Jason Day, Mark Leishman, Terrell Hatton, John Rahm's. His groups are incredible. John Rahm, Sam Burns, and Sergio Garcia. So those are the those are the. I, for lack of a better term, the featured groups, the marquee pairings that they're going to be focused on on this ESPN PGA Tour Live coverage, ESPN Plus coverage. Now, the featured holes, there's four of them tomorrow that they're going to be paying attention to. The second hole, par three, it's measuring 231. Yeah. The sixth hole, which is par five. Now, now hold on one second. I'll tell you about the looping one. Yeah, let me tell you about that second hole. First of all, though, it's a slightly elevated tee box. And you're hitting, you, you hit slightly downhill, not much. It's almost level. And there's, a, there's like a valley in between. There's a hill that slopes from right to left as you're coming in. And then it's, the green is almost, almost built like a redan. But in the middle, protecting of it is this big yawning bunker right in front. So for that distance, most normal human beings are coming in with a, a either hybrid or a fairway wood or what have you. But even the tour players, depending on where they put the tees, could be coming in with anything from eight, seven, six, five irons. And think about how hard it is to hold the green. Now, when you get the crosswinds that normally come around this time of year, and they will be around here, I'll take a look at that and let you know what the what the plan is for wins as well. It's a very, very challenging hole. That the par five six hole is the one that Bryson took across the lake last year. If you remember, he did the whole thing with uh, when he when he hit it and he. And he Almost got to the, to the green with it, but he was able to cross the lake. Uh, and, and that one is a question of when you're standing on the tee, because the way it wraps around this massive lake, you're trying to choose how much you're going you're gonna to bite off. Go ahead, Dom. Uh, we also have two more par threes that they're going to be featuring. The 14th hole, which is measuring 215, and the 17th hole you know, over that water, which is measuring 221. We all remember yeah. 17 coming down the stretch. You can't forget about 17. So, yeah. uh, and there's always a little bit of wind there. It's a little bit of a home game there for you, Matt Orlando. So you probably yes. know the weather better than me, but I believe the weather is basically mid to high 80s with a, you know, basically a light breeze every day. So yeah, I'll look, I'm going to look it up so I know. Hours is, it matters. I mean, that's going to impact play. It will. I'm going to look it up so we know for sure because this morning the temperatures in Orlando were in the 40s. And players would have been an hour into their round if the temperature is the same tomorrow. I don't know what it's going to be, so I'm going to look to make sure that we do know. So, yeah, that's very cool. The, the field is stout as can be. We still have more uh, PGA Tour uh, players coverage coming up for you. They'll be coming through the media room. Dom, who's scheduled to speak today? Rory is scheduled this morning, right? Or is it, is it after his program? Rory, Rory is scheduled. Yep, Andrew's got a graphic here. If you're watching on the television side on YouTube or otherwise, you can see he'll, he can put that up on the screen for you all. But it's, I mean, Will Zalatoris is speaking. Rory is going to be speaking. Uh, Victor Hovland will be talking. Uh, and we're going to bring all of that sound to you guys tomorrow okay. here. You yep. know, I, again, the last month it's been exhausting with this 
was super golf league discussion, and I think we're finally starting to sort of move past it. So hopefully we're going to be hearing from these guys about their games, how they're feeling, what they're thinking. I mean, Will Zalatoris burst onto the scene, and he's I think he's a hair's breadth away from uh, being a superstar. So I de- yeah, and Victor from- has been playing great for, he might be one of the best three golfers in the world right now in the last 12 months. Well, I mean, when you talk about Victor Zalatoris and you're talking about Will or, or Victor Hovland and Will Zalatoris, you're talking about two players, at, to use the cliche, you know, a breath of fresh air. And when you, when you talked about it against the Saudi-backed Super Golf League, yeah, it, it's, it, it's really fun to be focused on the golf this week and to be focused on a great field. Now, I don't know whether they'll ask Rory about it in his press conference today. Again, uh, I'm kind of hoping that if they do, Rory just goes, you know what, we've all said enough about it. Let's see how it plays itself out in the coming days and weeks and, and stop uh, just obsessing over what's happening with the, with the SGL and see what happens with the SGL after that. Uh, so many players uh, write to me and ask me about the merits of playing with what they call a a club that's built for maximum forgiveness, a perimeter-weighted club versus a forged club. Not realizing that forged equipment today has many and all the same attributes as you can get with with the very best clubs in the world that for game improvement. This is the Hogan Icon Iron. Uh, this is a forged club. This is definitely made for a more skilled player, not denying that. Uh, and there are certain attributes that you can find when, when you look at that. I always say the same thing to people. The first thing you should do when you're looking at a club is look at it this way. This is the business end of a club. This is what you're looking down at. You can see that this top line is thin and narrowed with a beautifully beveled top to the toe. This is what good players are looking for when they look down. There, there are other attributes to this club that help that player. One of, one of them is this. This obviously is the sole of the club. It's called the flange, and this flange is a narrow flange. The reason why better players like a narrow flange and like a smaller face profile, we're talking about from toe to heel measurement, is so that they can rip this thing through the rough. Uh, and this, this size of this flange, this sole, is very consistent with the best players in the world. It's funny because it was only a couple of years ago I was looking in the golf bag of Jack Nicklaus and I was amazed at, at that time he was nearing 80 years old and he had that really thin flange that allowed him to still rip at the golf ball in the rough even for a gent of his age. What I like about this, this club, aside from everything else, is that you're going to have the buttery feel of this carbon, but... It is designed in a way that it has steps. Can you guys see those steps? You can see it in the in the in the video that that's uh, or the picture that Andrew has. Go ahead, Andrew, throw that in there. You can you can show the people. This is what I'm talking about. Uh, those those steps take the weight and move the majority of the weight of this iron below the equator. So the reason that they're doing that is so that when you make contact with the golf ball, it helps to get the golf ball airborne and online even easier. These things are packed with technologies, but they're built in a package that looks so very, very elegant. So it's the Ben Hogan Icon Iron. If you get a chance, check them out. Just log on to BenHoganGolf.com and you can see all the details on something that's very special. And one of my favorite parts about these irons is that right in the metal, you can see etched 
the name and signature of Ben Hogan. And I know everybody would love to slip that into their golf bag. More of the Fairways of Life show coming up after this. In just a moment, we're going to go back into the press room at Bay Hill. It screams. It tracks. It's soft. It reacts. It is the Bridgestone Tour B with a game-changing reactive cover designed to spring faster off your driver and stick longer to your wedges. Try Bridgestone's Tour Bs. The Tour Ball reinvented. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. Ireland is home to over 400 courses, including a third of the world's natural links and a selection of exceptional championship courses in amazing locations, as well as hosting the prestigious Ryder Cup, Solime Cup, and the Open. Experience golf like you never have before from Royal Port Rush, Royal County Down, Port Marnock, Lahinch, Valley Bunyan, or Tralee. Let yourself be embraced by the culture and history and feel the warmth of the Irish people who will make you feel as though you have not left home, but returned to it. For more information, log on to Ireland.com. The Fairways of Life show is live every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube and the Fairways of Life apps. We'll take you inside of the game with interviews, news, discussion, instruction, travel, equipment. You'll get it all and so much more. Join us on one of our fan trips to a dream destination, or maybe you'll even win some new golf clubs as part of our monthly giveaways. Download the Fairways of Life apps and subscribe on YouTube now. It's free, live, and 24-7 on demand. No limits, no cost. Just golf. Nestled amongst the hills of the Hoosier National Forest resides a classic American destination, the French Lick Resort. Experience the ultimate in golf at the Pete Dye Course at French Lick, voted number one course in Indiana and Golf Week's best you can play for 10 years in a row. The Donald Ross Course at French Lick has been named Indiana's number two course in Golf Week's best you can play rankings every year since 2011. Come experience old world opulence amid modern comfort served with Midwestern charm. Visit FrenchLick.com. Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG Golf Clubs are the most technologically advanced available today. And they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know. PXG. Nobody builds golf clubs the way we do. Period. Welcome back to the Fairways of Life show. Don't forget about our fan trip. We're going to be taking to the French Lick Resort. I, I was reminded of again just because the commercial was running. And we're going to have an amazing time. We, we put it together because we normally go in February. And the reason why we pick February is because we know that the weather everywhere else around the country is absolutely hideous. And here it's usually like 80, 85 degrees uh, in, in Florida. But we couldn't do it this year with everything that was going on with covid and it wasn't just about what was going on during this month of February as things seemed to be diminishing, hopefully, right? It was about the lead time you need to set it up. And that would have gone back to around September, October. And at that time, we all were being told that the world was going to end because of this thing, you know? So 
we couldn't in, in, in good conscience plan a trip at that time. So we did the next best thing we could where we waited for the spring to break. The week that we're going to French Lick is actually the same week of the Big Ten Championship there, which speaks to the caliber of golf that will be surrounding us. Uh, no reflection, I suspect, on our own. Uh, but we will be playing multiple rounds of golf, five rounds of golf when it's all said and done. This will be one of the courses that we're playing. This is the famed Pete Dye course. And I love this video. For those in the radio side, explain it. It's a shot of the sun cresting up over the hill. And it looks like it's coming up over the golf course and then a lake. And that's not a lake. Those are clouds because the course is so high that the cloud settles in the valleys. And, and the word is that Pete Dye drew out this golf course on a, on a cocktail napkin. And then it became reality. We're staying at the West Baden Hotel, which is huge and beautiful. And we're really looking forward to it. We're just looking forward to hanging out with you guys. It's almost sold out. It it won't be much longer before there is no more room. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Frenchlick2022. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Frenchlick2022. We a la carte everything on this trip so that it's within reach of anybody. You decide what you want your trip to be like, how uh, uber luxurious you want it to be or bare bones you want it to be. You're still going to be staying in luxury accommodations and the West Baden Hotel, and you're still going to be playing world-class golf and a lot of it. We've got two days with 36 holes. I know a number of people already, they're like, yeah, uh, do we have to do that? No, you don't have to do that. You do whatever you want to do. So we're going to have a great time. That there is no doubt. Uh, Fairwaysoflife.com. Now they're showing you the Donald Ross course, which is one of my top 10 Donald Ross courses anywhere in the world. It is awesome. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Frenchlick 2022. Fairwaysoflife.com slash Frenchlick 2022. If you want to join us, we'd love to have you there. Okay. For our coaches corner, we feature some of the best teachers, instructors of this game, any place in the world. And when we put this together, we were looking for great variety in terms of people, in terms of uh, their expertise, in terms of where their passions are and how they teach the game. One of them we're featuring now. Natalie Filler is a PGA professional from the Vinoy over in St. Pete. Her handle is at Natalie Golf. At, or, I beg your pardon. At Natty Golf. N-A-T-T-I-E-G-O-L-F, at Natty Golf, so that you can stay in touch with her because it's really impressive. Here you go. So today we're going to talk about how to fix and what causes a chicken wing through the ball. That's where that left arm or your lead arm is rising up and in this way, and that can cause a lot of problems. It can cause really inconsistent contact. But actually, the problem is not that that arm is happening. It happens before that, and then that left arm kind of rising up that way and your arm separating is a reaction to other things that could be going on. So the first thing that could be an issue is your ball position. Check out if it's too far back because this can cause that to happen as the club gets to the ground we stop rotating and lift up and that can cause those arms to separate if the ball is too far back for the club that you're using. So just check out that the ball is in the right position. We want to have it starting in the middle for a wedge and then moving just slightly forwards as our clubs get longer. That's number one. Number two is that we might have too steep of an angle of approach, meaning probably the club's getting out in front of you. And so from the top of your backswing, where you're getting it out here, we're maybe letting go of that angle in the club. We're doing something that's gonna cause us to have to back up or make room for the golf club and then those arms separate and we can't finish your swing. So 
if that is you, what you would want to do is really work on some back swings that look like this where we've got our right hand only on the club, left hand under the elbow, and we're rotating down and through, keeping the angle, keeping our chest turning. That's going to help with that. You're going to make more consistent contact and not see that chicken wing. So from there, you would be able to then, if we keep that angle, rotate through and finish more normally versus having that chicken wing where we can't really quite finish our swing. So that could also be a sign if you notice that you are not able to finish your swing, that's a sign that we are having this sort of chicken winging problem. So the last drill that you can do that would be really helpful to solve this problem would be just taking the club in that lead hand, your left hand, you can make a small backswing and then what you're gonna try and do is get your left arm into this position here where it's bent up and over. That's gonna allow you to get to a normal finish at the end of your swing versus again, typically if we have this chicken wing problem, that club face stays pointing up at the sky, the elbow's looking backwards. Wanna get the elbow pointed down at the ground and then we see this nice angle in your arm there and that will help you get to a more normal finish again versus that chicken wing situation where our arms separate, we can't really turn through and you're gonna see a lot of inconsistent contact. So again, a couple of the things you can work on would be that left hand only, work on your finish, and then to just really work on not getting the club out and across and steep, um, and then your ball position. So if you can fix these things, they should be able to fix the chicken wing situation that you're seeing in your swing. Natalie, thank you. Working on that chicken wing at Natty Golf is how you can stay in touch with her. She's at the Vinoy in St. Pete uh, if you're looking to book a lesson as well. Sahith Thagala had a chance to address the media at Bay Hill. Now, he's a compelling story. You remember how close he came out west? He was driving his Volkswagen Passat from event to event to event. He doesn't like to fly. He did decide to fly out to Bay Hill because 37 hours to get out here driving his Passat was just a little bit too much. And I believe they put him in a big uh, Denali. I think it's a huge SUV. Really cool story in Sahith. He's been playing very well, as you know, as he factored at the WM Phoenix Open. But he played well before that. And he's, again, another one of these players, just like we were talking about Scotty Scheffler, that has this ability to connect as an it factor there. So he was asked about his initial thoughts entering the week. He was asked what comes to mind when he thinks back on what he did in Phoenix. And what does he do to mentally prepare, say, for specific tournaments or big weeks like this one, an invitational? Uh, how has watching the highlights from past Arnold Palmer invitationals helped him prepare for the week? And what are two or three of the most surprising things he's found since playing consistently on the tour? Gosh, I'm just uh, obviously really happy to be here. Um, definitely a special vibe coming into this golf course and all the history and stuff behind it. And probably one of the purest courses I've ever played in my life, too, so that helps. But, uh, yeah, really excited for the week, and the week off definitely made me hungry to, to get here. But the course is in incredible shape, and I watched the highlights from the last couple of years to, to kind of get myself ready, and it, it looked really tough and crusty, so I'm ready for that, too. Yeah, uh, the first thing is obviously like all the support I got and hearing my name being chanted and having my family and friends out there. Um, that's definitely, uh, that was a really cool experience. And the fact that so many people were, were cheering for me is cool. But also the fact that I, I put myself in a really good spot to win the event and um, get, obviously gave me a lot of confidence looking at, at the future events. 
I think I'm still learning that as I go, because this is only my second invitational, third invitational. Um, but the waste management and Genesis back to back were definitely the biggest weeks, our uh, biggest field, best fields, biggest weeks I ever played in. And um, I didn't try and do anything differently. Just tried to prepare as if it was a normal event. Um, obviously, depending on the on the conditions of the course, sometimes you need a little bit of extra work around the greens or in the rough. But um, just yeah, just trying to treat it like another event and try and enjoy every minute of it because pretty much every aspect of this tournament has has been really cool so far. And it's just been Tuesday, so. Looking forward to the rest of the week and no extra expectations or pressure or anything like that. It was pretty nice. I, I, I think it was just more the merit of taking a, a week off and just getting hungry again for the game because I usually don't do that. But I was just like, man, I want to I see like what I'm getting myself into for next week. Obviously, I watched this tournament a lot as a kid um, and, and all those Tiger putts and even the Rory putt, all that stuff I've watched a lot of times out here. But uh, that was actually pretty cool to see how the how the course played during the weekend. Um, luckily, I have a experienced caddy on my bag and Carl Smith, and he's he's been a huge help for me this whole year because he's been to all these courses and seen him and seen him in different conditions, different times with different players. So it, he's he's been really great in in an aspect of so I don't have to overdo it when I get here. I think one thing is just how incredible the conditions of the courses are week in and week out. Um, I think it's so easy to take for granted. You just kind of expect it to be good, but when you really sit back and look at the golf courses and what these superintendents and and guys are doing, I mean, it's pretty incredible what they're doing. With just perfect fairways, perfect greens, perfect bunkers—you name it. So that's that's been really cool. And then I think just how easy like the whole system has been for the players in terms of courtesy cars, like player dining. Like it's been pretty stress-free once once we actually get to the event. And got a spot picked out to stay. It's been it's been uh, it's been really good. I, I can see how like some guys get spoiled out here. All right, so we've got a lot of hair envy going on right now between Dom and Sahith Thagala. Andy, Andrew, grab me a grab me a side by side with with Dom and Sahith because I I want to get an analysis of of that which has got Dom's. Dom is like raging angry right now. There you go. Look at that. Why does that anger you so much, Dom? You personally. Dominic, he's got no hair anywhere. I'll just grow extra hair on my eyebrows, extra, extra thick, double extra thick black beard, just to showcase how little hair you have and how easily it is for me to grow my hair everywhere. I mean, look at, look at that. He looks like a man. I mean, I bet you he doesn't even maintain that. It just looks Does, like Why that. did you say he grows out his eyebrows? Who grows out their eyebrows? I don't know. Who, like, makes Damn, a decision like, me. hey... <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna grow a beard, and I'm gonna grow out my eyebrows. Do you think I should? Yeah, yeah. Everyone's I mean, doing that. how he, how much fabulous. hair he has, and how thick and dense it is, is just something that I wish was attainable for someone like myself. And it's just not. It's just not attainable. Those days are so gone, just, laddie. It's just taunting. 
Yeah. And Andrew He's just won't get it off the screen. You're just going to leave it up there for as long as he can. <laughs> <laughs> just going to leave it up there. You know what? Let's just do the whole show like this. Let's just leave that video on half the screen running for the duration of the entire show. Just to taunt me. You can, he's probably just going to leave it in preview. So he's going to switch back to program so that the, the audience can watch Matt. But in preview, which, of course, no. I have to look at no. as the producer switch of the whole show, over. I'm just going to watch him in preview the whole program. Just leave it there. Just leave it there. And from there, <laughs> we're going to go to break. Just, just let it ride out, Andrew. Yeah, just let it ride. That's great. <laughs> huh. Ridgeback. Ridgeback? That's pretty cool. So it's a brace for the face. Ridgeback. Like the doll? I'm, I'm really a cat guy. So what is it? The best feeling and longest metal that you'll ever hit. Is that Bernhard? Oh, great. Langer. <laughs> you know why I play Tourette? Because I win with it. Pound for pound, nothing comes close. Created without the constraints of time or money, PXG golf clubs are the most technologically advanced available today, and they are a perfect union of art, science, and engineering. And the PXG experience is unlike any you've had before. After you've been custom fit, your clubs will be built to exacting standards and your exact specs in the USA. So when you hear it, you know, PXG, nobody builds golf clubs the way we do, period. Here at Boyne Golf, each course tells its own story about friends, about challenges, about unforgettable moments. This is Michigan's Magnificent Ten, golf as pure as it gets. The Fairways of Life show is live every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time on YouTube and the Fairways of Life apps. We'll take you inside of the game with interviews, news, discussion, instruction, travel, equipment. You'll get it all and so much more. Join us on one of our fan trips to a dream destination, or maybe you'll even win some new golf clubs as part of our monthly giveaways. Download the Fairways of Life apps and subscribe on YouTube now. It's free, live, and 24-7 on demand. No limits, no cost, just golf. Even though we're in Texas, we don't believe that bigger is always better. At Ben Hogan Golf, we believe in something called micromanufacturing, a concept Mr. Hogan taught us long ago. It's a belief that handcrafting golf clubs one at a time to your exacting specifications is the reason we make some of the best quality and best performing equipment in the world. And we don't believe in big prices. That's why we only sell directly to you at BenHoganGolf.com. Let's face it, there's no better feeling than getting new golf gear, and where you get your golf gear matters. PJ Tour Superstore is America's number one golf retailer. Whatever you're looking for, they have it. And you can get custom fit. You can shop online or safely in their stores. At the PJ Tour Superstore, you'll always find golf's biggest brands and all the latest equipment right at your fingertips. If you need it or want it, they've got it. Log on to PGATourSuperstore.com to upgrade your game today. 
early yet, but we're still on the eve of the start of the Arnold Palmer Invitational, as well as the Puerto Rico Open, those events on the PGA Tour, the LPGA, at least the coverage of which gets underway tonight. I'll give it all to you. Let's start, first of all, with the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Tomorrow and Friday, coverage begins at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. On Golf Channel on Saturday and Sunday, it's split between us at Golf Channel 1230, I guess us and us at NBC, 1230 on Golf Channel, 230 on NBC, same time, same bad channels on Sunday, 1230 and 230. PGA Tour live on ESPN+. Plus. Remember, there's four different feeds. Thursday, Friday at 7 a.m., Saturday and Sunday at 7.30 a.m. is when it gets all underway. A PGA Tour radio, Thursday and Friday at noon, Saturday and Sunday at 1 p.m., Eastern Time. The Puerto Rico Open, Thursday and Friday's coverage is on uh, tomorrow and the next day at 10 a.m., Saturday and Sunday at 2.30 p.m. The LPGA Tours HSBC Women's World Championship, remember, gets underway tonight at 9.30 p.m., Thursday at 9.30 p.m., Friday and Saturday at 11 p.m. For those of you that have been with us over the years, you know that our Beyond the Ropes series has kind of woven its way into the fabric of the Fairways of Life show. It's it's really been fun. It's been a pleasure to watch players, a lot of young players in the PGA Tour and LPGA Tour literally grow up right before our eyes and, and share with them the experiences that they're going through as they march their way through professional golf. It started out sort of just about the golf, but it's become more about the lives of, of these great athletes as well. Andy Ogletree's name probably rings a bell, and it well should, along with being a decorated Mississippi high school golfer. He was a two-time All-American at Georgia Tech. While he played there, he was on the 2019 U.S. Walker Cup team, the 2019 U.S. Palmer Cup team. He won the 2019 U.S. Amateur at Pinehurst, joining both Bobby Jones and Matt Kuchar as the only uh, Georgia Tech alums to win the USAM, uh, which obviously is very, very good company to keep. He was the low am at the 2020 Masters. That was the one that was played in November, as you recall. He turned professional after that. Now, between COVID, between a hip injury, he's had to battle uh, a quite a unique start uh, into his pro career, to say the very least. But he's healthy now. He's had his first two starts of his new season, Sanderson Farms and at the Sony Open. I believe he's joining us from Atlanta today. Great to catch up with him. Andy, how have you been? Hey, good to see you. It's, it's uh, yeah, I've been, I've been doing well. Um, playing a lot of golf now, which is fun, and uh, just kind of ready to get in some tournaments. After you've been injured, and obviously, I, I think even if it's subconsciously, your body starts to swing and work around injuries. Did you have, when you, when you were able to swing without pain now, were you, were you, did you have to kind of work on things to get it back to where it was? Yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of learning how my new body, so to speak, works and uh, what swing works for me. I've always been a guy that likes to work it left to right. And um, when I don't trust getting into my left hip, it's hard for me to get the club on top of the point and hit cuts. So um, I'm still kind of trying to trust that my hip's not going to ever hurt and I can kind of rotate into it pretty hard and get the club on top of the ball and hit left to right shots, but I've kind of been struggling with just leaving it out a little bit to the right, and Mm -hmm. uh, that's all stuff that just takes time, and I'm sure I'll figure it out pretty soon, but um, yeah, that's what I've been working on. Do you know how you injured yourself initially? I don't really know exactly when it happened. Um, It's kind of a genetic thing from what I've learned. It's a lot of people are born with these impingements of their hips or develop them at a young age, play in other sports. 
before your bones are fully developed and stuff, um, I think it's become super common with golfers because the golf game has turned into such a torque game and use the ground and see how much pressure you can generate out of the ground that um, everyone that has these impingements, so to speak, are uh, ended up tearing their labrum because your hip socket's a perfect sphere, labrum surrounds it, and if there's a little extra bone growth on any part of that, that hip socket throughout the rotation, um, eventually you're going to tear the labrum that surrounds it. So I know a lot of people that have done it. Um, it's become a pretty common surgery, and unfortunately I have a couple friends that just had the surgery in the last couple of weeks. So um, I think it's one of those things that we'll probably see a lot more down the, low, down the line. And uh, it's pretty unfortunate, but that's kind of where the game's going now. It's, you kind of have to hit it far. You have to use the ground. And uh, for people with tight hips, it's hard to do. How hard was it for you, uh, Andy, when you're going through everything you have to go through? First of all, the pain leading into. Then you have the operation itself. Then you've got, which, which is more so of what I'm going to talk about right now, the time that you have to take it easy to allow this thing to heal. How hard was that for you? That's that's the hardest part because, I mean, it's just go, go, go for years and years and years, and that's all I want to do is just do what I want when I want, be able to practice like I want, be able to train like I want, be able to do, you know, anything. And when you turn pro, it's like that's what everyone tells you is, okay, now you're the CEO of your own company. You get to do whatever you want. But I kind of took another step back and had to do what everyone else told me to do for another six months. So. Um, super frustrating, you know, in our line of work, we want to, we want to be able to do what we want to do at all times. And, um, but I had to look at it like, you know, I need to step aside, do this to be able to go where I want to go. So, um, in the end, it's all going to be, you know, a story I look back on and don't really think about, or, you know, think that was a setback at all, because I think, uh, in the long run, it'll actually propel me a lot faster and further but um right now it's just been kind of frustrating because i look at like all the things that i have missed out on and are still kind of missing out on due to this this surgery that i couldn't you know i couldn't help it couldn't avoid it and uh you know i'm paying paying a price for nothing nothing wrong doing what about that time netflix uh was it video games how did you pass the days um, I don't play video games. I, I can't sit still for that long. Uh, I really don't know what I did. Everyone asked me, like, how did you pass, you know, all those months? And uh, the first month or so was pretty tough because I literally just sat on the couch and was able to watch TV and things like that. But um, after that, they, they would let me, you know, start putting or then I would start hitting a couple chips. And then I would, so I hung out at the club a lot, got to spend a lot more time, you know, talking to members and doing the things that most people do at the golf course that I would never really did. Um, so that was fun and uh, definitely was able to just get out of the house and, and be outside. And Putting got a lot better, so that was cool. Um, and spent a lot of time in my short game. So when I came back, I was actually a lot uh, – I thought my short game was a lot sharper than it was before I had surgery, so – uh, definitely cool. some positive there. Indeed. <laughs> how how are you, uh, Andy? How are you mentally in terms of 
maintaining confidence, self-image, uh, staying uh, positive in mindset, et cetera, is, is that something that you're conscious of or that you work on or you meditate on, or is, is that something just the way that you're naturally wired? I think it's just the way I'm naturally wired. Um, I think uh, there's definitely things you can do to try to help yourself. And um, I've talked to a lot of people on on stuff like that, but um, that's more kind of on the course stuff. I think off the course, you just kind of have to believe that what you do is, you know, good enough and you don't have to rewrite the script. You don't have to change anything. You don't have to do anything different than what got you to this point. Um, you just kind of keep going. And I've played golf for close to 20 years now. And it's like, not much is going to change as much as I think like, Oh, I'm so far off in my swing or, you know, I'm not putting good or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, it's usually not very far off. It usually is like set up or ball position or something so small that, um, I wouldn't even recognize it. So, uh, I've just always had this belief in myself and confidence that, you know, when I do what I want to do and able to prepare like I want to and um, that I feel like, you know, my good golf is definitely good enough. So um, maybe that's just lucky for me. I don't know how everyone else feels, but um, definitely how I feel. That's very cool. All right. So as I mentioned, whether it's Sanderson Farms or the Sony Open, I'm really curious uh, you already talked about how the short game was was sharper than what you expected coming back, but I'm curious about the overall experience for you. First of all, the amount of walking that you had to do, how did you feel? And then after that, what were you learning about the game as you were coming back, as you put it, with your new body? Yeah, so at Sanderson Farms, I was, I was kind of on a, uh, I don't know what to call it, like maybe a honeymoon phase with coming back after, after surgery. Um, I spent so much time getting my hips loose, getting my back loose. I've always had some back tightness just from the way I swing and stuff like that. But uh, I spent so much time able to work on it that uh, I came back actually feeling a lot better. So um, Sanderson Farms, I played great. I won a G Pro Tour the week before that. And then um, got into contention on Friday and you know, I thought it could be a really cool weekend, but uh, I had one bad round on Saturday and then played really well on Sunday, bogey three. And um, overall, it was a great week. I mean, it was great to see my body hold up on Sunday like it did. Um, you know, early in the week, I was you're always kind of worried about, you know, let's hope nothing happens. Let's hope, you know, everything feels great for the whole week. Um, coming back after that long of a surgery, you know, a week of walking 18 holes and, um a tournament's just a little different than practice back home. I mean, I've definitely had done a week long of, you know, tournament prep and trying to get myself in condition for that. But tournaments are just different. And um, it was great to see my body hold up on Sunday. I was super pleased with that. And then um, went to Dothan, Alabama for second stage of Q school, played amazing. Uh, I think I lost by one to... I don't know. I think I shot 16 under, lost to a 17 under. But a really good golf course in Dothan. Um, Robert Trent Jones, long, super hilly, hilly um, body held held up great. And then, so everything is great going into final stage. It's like, wow, here we go. Yeah, uh, this is kind of 
the trajectory that I saw and um, I am hitting golf balls at Golf Club of Georgia. It's miserable weather in November. Um, so it starts raining. I go inside the indoor hitting bay and there's this little, there's a hitting mat, but there's a little like trench where you're supposed to put the ball in and hit some wedges or whatever. And I had the track man set up and one of the first few shots, I somehow caught the ground in a weird way and popped my elbow. Oh no. Was, oh my gosh. So I immediately left and I, I called my physical therapist that's done all my you know hip and everything. And I was like, man, something's going on with my elbow. I was like, I just popped it. He's like, come see me. He's like, obviously he's like, I know you and you're too stubborn to just leave the golf course. If it wasn't, if it wasn't really bad. So he was like, come on, come down. Um, he was able to stay after, after work and see me. And he was like, man, I, I have no idea how you're going to play this week. He was like, between me and you, like probably going to have to withdraw. And I'm like, I'm not withdrawing. Like there's no way I've, I've worked so hard to get to this point of, playing in final stage, getting my corn fairy card, um, and then rolling on out there. And so I go see, I go on down to Savannah. I'm like, see what I can do. I need to at least see the golf course. Maybe I'll have a crazy recovery between Sunday and Wednesday night and I'll be able to go out and play well. And so I go down to, uh, Savannah and get there and call my agent. I'm like, Hey man, this is what's going on. And he's like, let's go see this doctor. That's he works with all the players down in St. Simons. So we go see Dr. Topper in Brunswick and he was able to give me a cortisone shot in my elbow and then gave me some other stuff to, to do that he thought might ease the pain. I had a, he did an MRI and I had a pulled muscle inside my elbow socket and uh, he was able to go in and, and shoot yeah. that up. And I was able to go out and play, but I was basically playing with one arm. <laughs> like it was awful. I was somehow made a lot of putts the first day and kept it in play and shot a few under. Um, but it started, started raining a lot on Friday. I think we played on Thursday or Sunday. Um, started raining a lot on Friday and my body just kind of locked up on me and I played terrible. Anyway, end up finished like, I think I finished outside of a hundred at final stage, which is, I didn't realize how bad that was. But, um, when you start getting into these first few tournaments of the year, um, they're going to whoever finished basically top 80 or so. So I was a, yeah. probably 15, 20 out of the first two, uh, international tournaments that I would have been in if I had just played. Okay. I mean, if my elbow wasn't hurting, it was, I was playing so well that like, you know, I was, I was going to cruise right through it. And, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm literally spinning wheels right now. I'm trying to find, find stuff to play in the corn Ferry tour. I can't get a start. Um, I don't know what I have to tell these tournament directors to get a start, but, um, I've played a lot of really good golf and, um, I feel like I at least deserve a chance to, to go play. I mean, I've had one bad week since I came back from surgery and it was at final stage and it was because I had a pulled elbow. It wasn't because I was playing bad. Mm -hmm. um, so looking back, I guess I almost would have been better off withdrawing from the tournament. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I have to do to, uh, to deserve a chance out there, but 
we'll see. Um, have a lot of calls into tournament directors, and I've sent tons of messages, and I've done all I can do to somehow maybe get a chance to play um, the Monday qualifiers. Or I've played a few of those. I've played three already this year, um, and then Monday into the Sony Open out in Hawaii for the PGA Tour. So I've had a little a little luck with the the Monday qualifiers. Um, Unfortunately, the Corn Ferry Tour qualifiers are actually harder than the, the PGA Tour because the courses just aren't great, and they put 18 pins in the middle of the green, and it's a see who can shoot 62 on, on bumpy green. So it's a, definitely a new experience, and you know I'm trying to take it in stride, and hopefully if I can't get a sponsor invite, then I can just play well on one of those and shoot a 62 on, a, on some bumpy greens. Well, Andy, I'm sure that some of these uh, uh, tournament directors you're writing to, some of these sponsors that you're in communication with are absolutely going to be sympathetic to who you are because your trajectory is pretty clear. You've had some bumps in the road, but based upon what you already did. Uh, Andrew, could you, could you pull him up full screen on, on his shot for a second? Could you show the world the mug? I just saw you take a sip. Could you show the world what mug you're using? Uh, you like that? <laughs> pretty cool mug. Augusta yeah. National. Yeah, pretty cool. Did, did you go into the when you were there? Did you go into the gift shop and pick that up? Absolutely. Every time I'm there, I have to leave with something. It's a uh, it's a special place and definitely um, holds near to my heart. Um, it's definitely one of my one of my favorite places to go. But yeah, I always leave with something. That's awesome. You have to tell us a story again that you've. I know you've told this before, but it but it deserves telling about. And I'm putting this. I'm putting this gently about when you both face lied to Tiger Woods, your your childhood hero. <laughs> uh, in in I believe it was in Butler's cabin, if I'm not mistaken. I did, yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So it's uh, we finish up the tournament, the November Masters, and um, we're I'm getting some makeup done behind Butler cabin. Uh, DJ's finishing out on 18. Um, he's got to go sign his scorecard and do a couple interviews and then he's on his way. So it's, uh, me and there's a, a, a lot of people and everyone's setting up Butler cabin for what's going to be, you know, the Butler cabin ceremony and Jim Nance is wrapping up the, the broadcast and kind of doing a recap of the whole tournament. And this is how we got to this point and basically killing the 10 minutes before DJ comes in. And, um, then we go do that. So, so I come in from another cabin and uh, they, after you finish low am, they send you to a, a different cabin. It's actually Condoleezza Rice's cabin. And uh, you just kind of hang out with your family. It's the time to debrief. And then they take you to Butler cabin. So they take me over there. I'm standing outside the back door. I'm getting like hair and makeup done. And someone slaps me on the butt and it's like, like I'll like turn around like real quick. Like who is that? And uh, it was Tiger. And he was like, what's up? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know who you were. But um, anyway, it was a pretty cool experience. And he, uh, we were just laughing. And he was like, how'd it go out there? And I was like, yeah, you know, like played okay, missed some putts, you know, golf stuff. And um, everyone kind of never says they played great. But I did. I played well. I just could have made a lot more birdies. And I was kind of frustrated at the time. But And then I put my foot in my mouth and I said, how did you play? Or how to go for you, because that's just kind of common courtesy when 
Um, someone asked how you play, you ask him back. And I, I had seen that Tiger made a 10 on 12, and I was like, dang it, I just asked him how he played. And he was like, you haven't seen? And I'm like, what do you mean you ha- I haven't seen? Like, no. of course I've seen him made a 10 on 12. And <laughs> he's like, you haven't seen? And uh, he's like, bro, I made a 10 on 12. I'm like, a 10 on 12? How do you make a 10? You know, I'd already seen every shot he hit. How do you make a 10 on 12? Like, uh, and he went through every shot and we were laughing and carry on. Luckily, he, uh, I think he birdied like five out of the last six. So he was in a pretty good mood. So um, it was pretty funny though. So, oh, what'd you end up for the tournament? He goes, oh, one under. Oh, I know he shot one under because I shot two. So <laughs> it, was, uh, it was pretty funny. But we had we had a good laugh and uh, definitely moments that that I'll remember forever and hope to be hopefully back there soon. That place is just so cool and everyone always has Augusta memories and you remember every specific thing about that week and you could ask me a hundred questions about some other weeks and they all just kind of run together. So um, something about that place is just a little different. Yeah, just to say the least. That classic story too. It it, it started to sound kind of like a, a skit from uh, Seinfeld or something as as you were going through. Yeah, it's like how do you make that up? You can't make that up. I mean, everything, even even from up, he's flexing with the with the mug again from Augusta National. Okay, before we let you go though, <laughs> um, I did want to ask you about your sponsors and ask you about uh, companies that are helping yeah. you right now as you continue this pursuit. Yeah, so I've been luckily uh, able to have some really good sponsors along the way. Um, people are helping me out, and even through injury and stuff, everyone was super supportive. Um, they wanted me to take some time, get everything right, and uh, you know I'm really appreciative of that. I have Titleist, I have Peter Millar. Um, Peter Millar hoodie right here. Yeah, uh, nice. Titleist, Peter Millar, um, Bank Plus is recently added, um, Mississippi company, uh, Southern pipe and supply, another Mississippi company. I have international golf logistics who they do a lot of international travel to, um, they do like big corporate outings at, you know, anywhere over in Scotland and all these big trips that, um, are our golfers dream to, to play internationally and, um, do the whole thing. So, they do, they do all my travel, which is great. And um, let's see. I also have Golf Club of Georgia's on my bag now. Um, they've been super supportive of me, and that's where I play most of my golf in Atlanta. And, uh, you know, it's a great place to be, 36 holes of immaculate golf. And um, it's where I was in college, so it still feels like home to me. And um, I, I spend some time down in – down in Sea Island at Frederica now too. So um, I have a lot of good places to play and um, it's, it's been really cool. And, you know, I can't wait to, can't wait to get going on the corner Ferry tour and um, set my schedule and know where I'm going next week and know where I'm going, yeah. you know, down the road a little farther so I can kind of have a better plan of what I'm going to do and how to prepare. But um, for now it's, it's been, you know, it's been an okay year and, I feel healthy and that's the main thing for me right now. If I can just stay healthy, um, keep a positive outlook on everything. I think everything will kind of start falling into place and, uh, you know, see where it goes. 
Yeah, absolutely. The the fact that you're healthy and strong and, and ready to go is so critically important. We're delighted. But by the way, did you did you have your eyes done? I did. I had LASIK surgery. Doctor Witten in Washington D.C. Uh, went ahead and did it, and uh, it's been great. I, I really enjoy not having to wear glasses all the time. Um, I I had uh, I played down in Mexico for my first pro start, and it started raining and it was super humid. And my glasses kept fogging up, and I called Mac Barnhart, my agent, walking off the 18th green. I'm like, we gotta find somebody to to do some uh, LASIK because I can't keep playing with this fog on my glasses. So, um, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's definitely a huge deal for me. I, I love it. All right, my friend. Well, it's clear to see that you are on your way. We're delighted that that you're okay and cannot wait until you're able to go at it in earnest. It's it's a, It definitely is a process, and it's a step-by-step, and you're on that road. We wish you the best, Andy Ogletree, as ever, and thank you very much for your time. Yeah, great to see you. Likewise. Folks, thank you so much for your company on this Wednesday. We are super pumped for the start of the Arnold Palmer Invitational getting underway tomorrow at Bay Hill. Like we were telling you earlier in the program, even from the earliest tee times, they are awesome groups, one after another. Have a great one. Have a great Wednesday. And we'll see you again tomorrow as things get underway. Bye for now.